0: So this morning, I've chosen a sermon on Psalm 122. Psalm 122 actually is the home visit theme for us in uh, Fergus North, a very appropriate uh, theme, as you'll see. Let's read from Psalm 87, first of all, the song that we just sang from, and then we'll also read Psalm 122. So Psalm 87, it's a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song. And then we read the Word of God as follows. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to those who know me. Behold, O Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia, This one was born there, and of Zion it will be said, this one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself shall establish her. The Lord will record when he registers the peoples, this one was born there. Both the singers and the players on the instruments say, all my springs are in you. Now let's turn to our text, Psalm 122. And that is the Song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord, for thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Let's sing after the sermon from hymn 73, 2 and 5. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, are there places in this world that you would love to visit? Maybe maybe that still is in your head in this COVID time, some travel plans of sorts, wonders that you might like to see, cities that you want to stroll. Personally, I've always wanted to go to the city of Rome. The little town of Fergus is also a beautiful place to visit and spend time in. There was one thing, though, in the ancient world that would beat them all going up to the ancient city of Jerusalem. You know, the ancient city of Jerusalem, first of all, it was actually more of a fortress at first. It stood on a narrow little peninsula of land with valleys on three sides of it. I think maybe, a, you know, one of the cities in Lord of the Rings, partially made out of a mountain. There was a reason why the ancient city of Jerusalem was inhabited by the Jebusites still centuries even after Israel came into the promised land. And why King David said, no, this, I have to capture this fortress and make it the capital of my new kingdom. But Jerusalem, it was more than just the nation's capital. Now There were two big palaces there. I mean, first of all, King David had his palace and his throne there. And you need to realize, too, the significance of that. King David it wasn't just the ruler. He, he was the Lord's anointed. He was the Messiah, in a way. Certainly the foreshadower, the hint of the Messiah. Secondly, the Lord had his palace. The Hebrew word for temple, heikal, it's the same as the word for palace so the, the Lord's temple in, in Hebrew mind you would think the Lord's palace the great king the Lord had his throne in Jerusalem the ark of the covenant was there in some way the God of the universe had his feet touch the earth there in that small but glorious city of ancient Jerusalem. Is it any wonder then that the pilgrim of Psalm 122 is excited and overjoyed at the prospect of going up to Jerusalem? I mean, maybe you might get excited about a trip to Europe. Maybe you can't wait for the time when we can, in person, maybe go to a, a hockey game or something like that. But the Psalms teach us There are far, far greater joys than that. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I rejoiced. Not just I I agreed with those. Okay, yeah, not a bad thing to do, I suppose. Not as someone said to me the other day, it's not my elder rejoiced to call me to church, I rejoiced. And I rejoiced that I could go with others. Hebrew scholars tell me that verse 1 is better translated as, I rejoiced in those who said to me. That's a little bit more. It's not just when they said to me, It's not just a rejoicing with others. It's a rejoicing in and because of others. The psalmist wants to stir us up. He wants to express his own excitement. And what is his great joy? That there are others who grab him by the hand and say, let us go. Maybe because that's his desire maybe sometimes because that's not always our desire but we rejoice that there are others who have that desire and can drag us along the joy of gathering as the people of god beholding the glory of the lord on this earth and entering not just the city of david But in some way, even the city of God, where God most high dwells. I put the sermon under, under this theme. Have joy in the gathering of God's people. I'll look at two things, praise and prayer. So perhaps you can see fairly obviously there is a line in this psalm to us gathering here this morning. Gathering together for worship on the Sundays. But Psalm 122 is not simply about church attendance. Let's explain and apply this very carefully. Then you will discover this psalm is actually richer than you think. For starters, just look at the initial setting of this psalm. When did people in ancient Israel go up to Jerusalem? Jerusalem. Oh, you might know this was to happen three times every year for the three big feasts the Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and then the Feast of Booths. And that's what verse 4 is all about as, as well. To the testimony of Israel, I have your New King James, which I, does not perhaps make a lot of sense to. You, as was decreed for Israel, have some other translations. This is in the law of Moses. These were times when you celebrated in the harvest. But in ancient Israel, dovetailed into the agricultural year was also a remembrance of God's mighty acts of salvation. You then also remembered. The exodus from Egypt, you remember the wanderings in the wilderness, you remember God's great gift of the land of Canaan. So this trip to Jerusalem, it may have been challenging to make. It would have taken some time, possibly several days or more. You had to leave your farm. Not an easy thing, as any farmer will tell you. You have to embark on a journey where you could meet lions or bears or bandits. This was hardly as simple as turning on your computer or grabbing your phone and and live streaming for a bit. That's one of the great weaknesses, by the way, of live streaming. It's, It's too simple. It's too easy. Worship should be an event, an act, It should be something intentional, deliberate, something that you clear away space for, something that you give serious attention to and orients you. Look at these Israelites being called to journey to Jerusalem for these feast days. This wasn't something you could just sort of roll out of bed and get over and done with in in an hour or less. Now, the Israelites had to make serious time for this even make sacrifices to do this but what a wonderful goal they had ahead of them there were feasts to be celebrated in Jerusalem feasts were you even brought with you to some of the produce of the year you remembered God's great blessings to you also what God had done years ago in delivering his people You went to the temple, you made sacrifices, you joined in with the Levitical choir, worshiping God. And that's what the Hebrew word thanks means in verse 4, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Again, you may see that translations, English translations can be a bit different here. And that's because this Hebrew word is very rich. It's a combination of thanks, but also praise and acknowledge. So, you in ancient Israel going up to Jerusalem, you were giving thanks, but you were also acknowledging. It was a time when you made it clear you were not going to forget your God, His blessings, His salvation. In Jerusalem, you were confronted with the story of God and the story of His love for His people. Just like we are confronted with that too every Sunday. And of course, this has to happen with others. Just think, three times a year, all of Israel came together. There was a huge family reunion, a family of God reunion. You went up to Jerusalem and together you acknowledged who your God was, what he had done, who you were as his people. And David captures that right at the very beginning too. I was glad when they, or in those, who said to me. See, David has this focus on the people of God. You see here those two things. First of all, that David speaks very personally how glad I was when they said to, to me. But very clearly there's also a they and an hour. God's salvation is a people thing. And we need to hold on to that, especially in our day and age. Our faith can never be a private thing. Our faith can never be a private thing. I mean, we live in an individualistic world. And now we have this pandemic and, and restrictions that is making things more challenging for us. That's another weakness too. A danger of live streaming. God's salvation is our salvation. God's salvation is never a private thing. Individual, yes, but private, no. We are saved together with others. And if you know God's salvation, you must know that. We worship together, we pray together, we walk together, we enjoy God Together. And all the Israelites were taught this so clearly because they physically had to journey to Jerusalem three times a year. This togetherness was inescapable. And that makes the joy of our salvation even greater. Yeah, today we worry about spreading things, things being contagious. But there are other things to spread. There are other things to be contagious with. How glad I was when others said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This joy in being the people of God, in gathering as the people of God, that ought to be contagious as well. David has caught this joy and he wants to proclaim it and spread it. He shouts it out. He puts words on all of our tongues for us to say, how glad I was when others said to me, do you, do you say that? You, you, you ought to. Even at the first thought of others saying to me, let's go, there's already a great joy. And that joy continues. Verse 2. David sort of fast forwards. Some of the other psalms might talk about this actual journey to Jerusalem. But but not this psalm. psalm. Right away, our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. David's possibly writing for other pilgrims. Perhaps some of them journeying for for days upon days, he captures their joy at finally arriving at their destination, as they finally are here at the gates of the city of God. And then David looks out over the city, and the city of Jerusalem becomes a sort of metaphor. The city sort of preaches to him. No doubt the city of Jerusalem gleamed white in the sun. And the Lord Jesus Christ works with that. In the Sermon on the Mount, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, he tells us, we too need to be a light in the world. But here another aspect of the city becomes symbolic. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Now, sadly, I have not been to Jerusalem. Maybe you have. I can Google pictures, though, and I've got some idea of what an ancient city would be like. David's city, it was actually quite tiny, as I mentioned earlier. It was more of a fortress than a city. Apparently, it was only 17 acres at first. But it was jam-packed. Not a space, not a wall. was wasted. I picture ancient Jerusalem sort of like as a honeycomb of buildings. And David sees that is symbolic. Symbolic of what God is doing with his people. Symbolic of what we have as the people of God. That we too are also tightly bound together. In unity, in fellowship, in strength. That's what God does. That's what God blesses his people with. And this is where it's helpful to draw another line to today. And we no longer go up to an actual city. We don't spend our time, I think, gazing at church buildings or even gazing at Jerusalem packed together. And see rich symbolism in that. Are we missing something? Not at all. Just look at us gathered here together, even with a bit of our distancing. Why are we all gathered together? This morning, and even those of you who are joining us via live stream. Why do we gather together? Because we are together. More than we often know, more than we can imagine. We are the body of Christ. There's a reason that we are called church. And you might know the word church just means gathering. We are. The gathering of God. We are gathered from the debris of this broken world, gathered together, restored to be the new humanity. We are united by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are united in a common faith, in love, and hope. We can stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Paul says in Philippians 1, we are learning to be Christ-like towards each other. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves, says Paul in Philippians 2. And so in the Lord Jesus Christ, as we look to His work, as we live out His work, we are so tightly bound together the psalmist has great joy in coming to Jerusalem. But we are even richer because in Jesus Christ, we do not just go to Jerusalem, no, we are the Jerusalem of God. Hebrews 12 22. You have come to Mount Zion, into the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem to innumerable angels who are in festal robes. You know, the author of Hebrews, this is a theme throughout that book, wants to bring out how much richer we are in the new covenant than those in the old covenant. And he says there's not even just people decked out and feasting with us, but there are even angels in festal garments gathered with us. You have come, he says. Not just three times a year, you have come. That is what you have in your faith. All the time, you have come. Revelation 21, nine ten. 10. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the, of the Lamb. And he carried me away and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God having the glory of God. So what the psalmist has and rejoices in three times a year, we have more, far more. And not even just 52 times a year, but every single day as the people of God. Let's carefully draw this line to today. You see, our, our Sunday worship services in and of themselves are actually not the great fulfillment of Psalm 122. The great fulfillment of this psalm is our lives together as the people of God. That we sinners now learn to live one another in, with, with one another in faith and hope and love. Let's also not go to the other extreme. Seems very strange that a preacher would say this. Let's not go to the other extreme and and overemphasize our Sunday services. Overemphasize the Sunday services as if this gathering is the great pinnacle and the great height of our lives as Christians. It would be more precise to say, this is not the great height of what we have in Christ, but this does express the great heights that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, certainly, we are commanded in the Word of God to gather together, absolutely. But that has a greater perspective. We are those who gather together because in our gathering together, we express and celebrate the great reality that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that reality that we have every day, that in the Lord Jesus Christ and in His Spirit, we together are the city of God. We together are The temple of God. We together are the new Jerusalem. And a lot happens in this Jerusalem. Verse 5, David highlights this. There, the thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. It could be, as some suggest, That these plurals, thrones, are not literal plurals. Could be an intensification. You do that in Hebrew. So the meaning could be that, well, there in Jerusalem is the great throne, the throne of David. And that is what we have, is it not? I mean, what do we have as the new Jerusalem? What is our joy? Is it not also this? The great throne has been erected in our midst. The throne of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of God rules and reigns over us. His wisdom, like the wisdom of Solomon, is present in our lives, rooting out evil, bringing peace. Life is flourishing in us because the throne of the great King has been established. And that is, of course, also why we meet together to listen to our King, to hear His Word, to study His Word. That's the only way this new Jerusalem can be built when Christ is King. As some have said in the last months, church. Do we understand what church is all about? Church is not something to be watched. We need to make that very clear to ourselves. Certainly our live streaming, we're very blessed to have it. But do we see that can infect us with such a passive attitude you don't watch church. You don't watch church. No, you, you worship as an act, as an event. And what is more, you live with other believers. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. 1 John 4, 12. Love one another. Be the church of Christ. Have Christ fill you. Live with a Christ-like spirit with others. That is the only way to be the dwelling of God. That takes us to our second point. You can then see how this psalm flows. That it's very natural. The second part of this psalm then underscores the importance of Jerusalem and seeks her blessing. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. Who do you want to be blessed because they've done something good? The psalmist says, those who love Jerusalem. That's such a valuable, that's such a beautiful thing. May those who love Jerusalem And those who love the church of Christ, may they be blessed. You know, from one angle, Jerusalem might have looked glorious. But from another angle, Jerusalem was so weak and sinful. Later on, the Lord Jesus Christ weeps over Jerusalem and laments, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets, she would put to death her Lord. The church, too, is no different. You know, from one angle, yes, so so glorious, we are in fact already seated with Christ in the heavenly places, but also we can be so torn apart by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed. A scornful wonder as that stanza in the hymn, Almighty, in, in a mighty church is one foundation, paradoxically puts it. We are a scornful wonder. And so, for the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. What does Jerusalem need? Peace. What do we need as the church of Christ in the midst of these pandemic times? Peace. For the sake of my brothers and friends. For the sake of. Because Jerusalem is the place of life. And the Old Testament, that was so clear that Israel found its blessing in Jerusalem, their life and their hope and, and what went on there. Even if you live miles away, it was all about Jerusalem. What about us? Do we realize where we find our life? Yes, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the answer is fuller than that. We also find our life in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, in each other. In Zion are the founts of my salvation. That was in Psalm 87. In Zion. Not just in God, in Zion, in the people of God. I notice too, it's not just in live streaming are the founts of my salvation. In Zion. That's in us the fellowship that we enjoy. When brothers live together in communion, there the Lord has commanded His blessing, even life forevermore. Psalm 133, 1 and 3. And so let us pray. We only stand firm and strong together. None of us, not even the most mature of us, stands Strong alone. You know, like giant redwoods, those massive trees, maybe you've seen them out in California. Those massive trees actually have very shallow roots. But there's always a stand of redwoods and those roots actually join together and sort of interlock so that together they withstand big storms. That's what we need too as people, as the people of the Lord. We only stand strong in our faith together. And so let us pray. Let us pray for the peace and the well-being of the church. Certainly, she seems more fragile, more in danger now than ever. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. The house of the Lord, our God, is at stake. The place where God dwells, the place where God is worshipped. Do you seek the good of the church of Christ? Do you pray for her peace? It means having a life as well focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. How does Jerusalem find peace? How does a church do well and flourish? What does it mean to pray for a church to be strong and secure? We who live in the new covenant, we know the way. It means praying that Christ would be great. That he would be honored and worshiped. It means praying that Christ's likeness would be formed in our midst by his Spirit. To so this prayer for the peace of Jerusalem, it's a prayer that only finds its answer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fullness of that answer, well, that still awaits us one day we will all travel and we will be present at the wonder of wonders, the gates of the new Jerusalem perfected in glory where God has moved his dwelling down to the earth in an even greater way than the ancient city of Jerusalem showed with the Ark of the Covenant where God lives among us. Creatures of the dust, where there will be thrones, thrones of his son, but also thrones, plural, that we too will share in. Where we, the people of God, will be so one. Because we will even share in the oneness. Christ talks about that in, in John 17 and other places. We will even share in the oneness the Father has for the Son, and the Son with the Father, and as we are filled with the Spirit. One day, we will be together with a multitude that cannot be imagined, with voices greater than the sound of rushing waters, where our lives will be intertwined. With such love and grace and unity, forever giving thanks, forever acknowledging who our God is and what He has done and what He constantly does, how shall our joy abound? Amen.